Good morning, everybody. This is Eric Post. I'm the Director of Research and Development here at ITR Economics. And I wanted to welcome you this morning to go over our uh, report for Mejita for January 2023. A chart uh, for the U.S. Industrial Production Index that's in your report. And this is a uh, annual average, so 12-month moving average for industrial production. That's three quarters manufacturing activity and about a quarter of mining and utilities activity. So those three components. And what you can see is in the dark blue, the actual data, the Great Recession, the 15-16 oil price collapse, COVID, and then uh, the rise that we've been on here. And then in the teal bars, you can see our forecast. And as you can see from that forecast, you can see uh, we have a bit more growth here to go, uh, but it really starts to flatten out here. And then pretty soon we're going to be seeing some decline uh, in U.S. industrial production. Uh, that's a change to our macroeconomic outlook from the prior report. And I wanted to really start there uh, because as you'll see in a number of the uh, markets for you all, uh, when you look at 2024 here, you'll see a lot of negative growth rates. Uh, you also see some growth rates that are positive, but very subdued compared to what they've been in the past. So 3.7% growth for e-commerce retail sales. That series is usually growing uh, much more rapidly than that. So uh, why are we seeing a bunch of macroeconomic softening happening uh, in 2024? So to answer that question, I wanted to uh, look at interest rates. And the answer in a word is the Fed. I guess that's two words, but uh, the, the Federal Reserve has pushed up interest rates, uh, short-term interest rates, and that's the teal line here, uh, incredibly quickly uh, and incredibly sharply. Just look at how sharp the slope of this teal line is compared to prior instances here of even when we raised uh, interest rates rather substantially uh, be before the Great Recession, nowhere near as sharp of rise as we've experienced in this cycle. Uh, and so that has led to uh, what we've been warning of for some time, which is this idea of an inverse yield curve, where short-term rates now uh, have surpassed long-term rates. That's the Navy line. And anytime that happens, you can see there's two times in the history here uh, where that clearly happened for a sus uh, sustained period of time that are circled uh, prior to the 0102 recession and prior to the Great Recession. Uh, after that occurs, uh, we uh, almost always see a recession. Uh, it's about an 80, 88% probability or so um, that once we see this inverse yield curve, we'll see a recession. The typical lead time, though, is not instantaneous. It's not like the yield curve inverts today and tomorrow we're in recession. Usually the way it goes is the yield curve inverts today and we're in recession about a year from now. So that's why when you look again to go back to your forecast for industrial production, we have a little bit more rise left. It's pretty muted. We're definitely in the slowing growth phase here of the business cycle. Uh, slowing growth, developing to flatness, and then developing into this decline. So again, just the, the speed and severity of those interest rate hikes 
uh, by the Federal Reserve are, are putting us in that situation where the economy basically cannot handle those interest rate hikes. And we've already seen that really clearly uh, develop in some markets, like the housing market, for example, is the most uh, clear example of where Really, um, new home building, for example, has taken a big step back. Uh, home sales have taken a big step back uh, as mortgage rates uh, increase substantially. But we'll be seeing that effect trickle through to other areas of the economy, unfortunately, uh, and some of those, the industrial areas of the economy, more consumer-oriented areas of the economy that Mahita numbers play in. So uh, that's really the big story from today is uh, what you'll be seeing in this report is some downside related to that. Um, in 2023, particularly the second half of the year is gonna be weaker than the first half of the year here. And then moving into 2024, uh, when the bulk of those uh, interest rate increases are going to be hitting the economy because it takes time for uh, those interest rate hikes to actually impact uh, economic activity. Then 2025, you'll see is generally a year of growth uh, um, exception here being uh, private warehouse construction, and that's just because that segment lags the economy. Uh, Non-residential construction is a lagging segment to the economy, so um, that, that's why you see the negativity here. But otherwise, uh, generally speaking, a lot of green, that's for phase B accelerating growth, and a lot of higher growth rates in 2025. So um, just, just to look here at your markets right now, um, the thing that is interesting to note is three of your markets are in phase B accelerating growth. Um, light vehicle production, which is bouncing back from all the supply chain woes of uh, earlier in the COVID period. U.S. food production, largely the same situation where uh, now we're starting to uh, really be able to see some rise there. And e-commerce uh, retail sales, that's really an inflation-driven phenomenon. Um, as you can see here, uh, we'll be ending 2023 and slowing growth and uh, more significant slowing in 2024. Uh, but otherwise, the more uh, industrial focused markets here uh, are already in phase C slowing growth and they're heading into that phase D recession uh, period. We think that the recession is going to be relatively mild, uh, and there's a few reasons for that. One is there's a lot of reshoring activity that's occurring. Firms are moving uh, their operations to the United States to get rid of that supply chain risk that we saw so clearly uh, come to the fore uh, during the COVID period. So that's, that's a relative tailwind that's going to help um, work against some of these headwinds from the Federal Reserve and the interest rate environment. Another is uh, we really have a pretty strong consumer base here in the United States. When you look at the labor market, it's very strong. If you want a job, you can get a job. Uh, wage growth is healthy. Uh, in fact, the Federal Reserve is worried it's perhaps too healthy. Uh, but that's a good thing going into a recession. You don't want to see poor wage growth going into a recession or become uh, you know, significantly more poor. Um, we're not in that situation now. Loan delinquency rates are really, really low. Um, that's really different than heading into the Great Recession. Uh, loan delinquency rates were really starting to rise. People had an unhealthy debt load relative to their incomes uh, pre-Great Recession. You don't have that scenario today. And so we're going to be seeing more mild declines. Think of the early 2000s, uh, if you were around then uh, in, in the business world or, or uh, just as a, a kid or when, whenever that was for you, um, you can kind of think back on that as an example of 
this is not an end, end all recession like the Great Recession. It's more of a mild recession, uh, but certainly a recession nonetheless. Early 90s, for those of you uh, who happen to remember that recession, that was another peer to what we are likely to go through here in 2023, 2024, particularly 2024. So um, this is a manageable recession. And what you really need to be thinking about is how can you plan to uh, manage your cash through this, manage your expenses, uh, make sure that you are uh, not over leveraged, certainly that you have the access to the credit that you'll need uh, and the capital that you'll need to get through this. Uh, but it is not a um, a, a significant, uh, nearly as a significant of an event as the Great Recession. So uh, there are still going to be investments that make sense. Uh, what we really want you focused on uh, has not changed, and that's margins, margins, margins. Uh, we have so many cost pressures, uh, labor costs in particular. We'll get some relative relief here uh, as, as the recession takes hold but only relative relief. When you look at the demographics of the United States, especially for the manufacturing sector, it's really, really rough. And we're gonna be having people retire uh, and uh, the newer workers, there's just not enough of them coming into the manufacturing space to make up for that. So it's gonna make for an expensive labor pool uh, when you sort of take the five year view or so. So some of those investments to save uh, on efficiency, be more efficient, uh, save on labor costs. Uh, some of those will still make sense, but you want to make sure you have a quick ROI. Um, and you also want to make sure that that's not going to jeopardize your liquidity at the bottom of the cycle. So um, really largely the same from that perspective, just um, perhaps some tight, slightly tighter purse strings as we move, especially into 2024, knowing that we're not going to get as quickly of a recovery because of that interest rate overhang. Um, that, that's really uh, it from us here at ITR. We really just want to make sure that you all are comfortable with why we changed our macroeconomic outlook uh, related to the Federal Reserve Act uh, behavior and really encourage you to uh, continue to uh, watch with us as we monitor what happens with that inverse yield curve. Uh, that's going to be the key to this whole thing is what does the Fed do here as 2023 develops? Do they see that inflation is easing as we've been uh, calling for for some time and back off on those interest rate hikes and even uh, in, but, uh, cut interest rates and allow that yield curve to revert back to positive normal activity? That's what we want to see by the end of this year. And we'll certainly be updating you as we go through this time on what's happening there. Uh, well, thank you so much, and uh, please feel free to reach out if you have any questions.